Welcome back to the most accurate podcast here at 444 Football. As always, on Monday evening, I'm your host, John Daigle, here for the Week 8 Waiver Wire Preview Show. As always, we will be highlighting and previewing the Week 8 Waiver Wire column that is always there for you by Monday afternoon on 444football.com. And if you look there right now and you're joining us live, at halftime of Monday Night Football, you'll see it none other than the Gus Bus, Gus Edwards himself, as the cover boy, including the drop list for those of you to jump in and read with my thoughts on who we can drop as we continue to try to replace players both injured and on buys. And I want to get right into it because the sleeper waiver wire pickup of the week, sleeper, of course, our friends who created one of the fastest-growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. And when I go to Sleeper and use Teams and click Add, I know I'll be adding Gus Edwards wherever he's available. 16 carries for Gus Edwards in his first game back. And think about what J.K. Dobbins did in being limited in his first game back with only seven touches. But two of three touches inside the 10-yard line as well for Gus Edwards, really what we're looking at is the fact that Edwards played 36% of snaps and Kenyon Drake was involved for 11 touches, which tells us there is a lot more meat on the bone here for Gus Edwards to continue to grow and seeing those 16 carries on 36% of snaps. So when I think about how much fab I want to use for Edwards on waiver wires, I think in terms of Ken Walker. And I'm not saying Edwards is Ken Walker, but I think of the clear-cut starting running back who will continue to see a larger role, who the starter ahead of him or the player working alongside him, and J.K. Dobbins is now expected to miss at least four to six weeks following knee surgery, and we don't expect Dobbins to be fantasy viable at all for the rest of the year. Maybe he comes back in the postseason for the Ravens, but for the fantasy playoffs, no way. That's Gus Bus leading us there. So I'm thinking, just like Ken Walker, 75 to 90% of remaining fab on Gus Edwards moving forward because his role will continue to grow. The sleeper of the week, though, who I think is much more available to you on waiver wires on sleeper, that is Chuba Hubbard. And maybe Deontay Foreman's out there. And maybe you want both because you're in a pinch. Given injuries, the trade scenarios happening, I understand that everyone may need some kind of RB2 or 3 immediately to fill in for touches. So maybe you need Deontay Former or Chuba Herbert. But if you ask me which one I would pick up if I had the option the rest of the season, it would be Hubbard since we saw him quietly out-carry Deontay Foreman 9-6 to and out-target Foreman as well 3-2 to before Hubbard suffered that ankle injury in the final quarter and then had to leave the game, allowing Foreman to run the ball out and run the clock out for the rest of Carolina's drives. Adam Schefter, ESPN Zone, also came out and said that Hubbard could have, quote-unquote, come back if he needed to. So I think Hubbard plays in Week 8. If you can't take that chance, of course, wherever you can do this, you're picking up Foreman over Hubbard. But if asked to choose one, given the evidence we saw and the usage we saw that I explained, I'm actually going Hubbard over Foreman rest of season. Remember, head to sleeper.com or download the app to also go pick up Edwards or Hubbard today. Let's move on talk about injury replacements because we now believe Marquise Goodwin will be stepping in as Seattle's wide receiver two in place of DK Metcalf for at least the next couple weeks. Reportedly not a serious injury for Metcalf suffered on Sunday who was carted off the field. But nonetheless, we expect to see Goodwin for a handful of games 
And I think it's a great spot to land in. Not only did Goodwin come off the bench and lead Seattle in deep targets, two targets, 20-plus yards downfield, catching both of them for 43 yards and two touchdowns, and saw a team-high share of air yards, 31.5% of Seattle's air yards from Geno Smith off the bench. You also have to think about how Geno Smith has been playing this year, and Smith has actually had the sixth-highest completion rate in the league. 52% of his passes have been completed 20 yards downfield this year. So if now we have Goodwin, a deep threat, coming off the bench for DK Metcalf from a player who's been amazing throwing deep, that is something we obviously want to take into account. So I think Goodwin can be plugged in immediately as a wide receiver three moving forward, whether you're trying to replace injuries or just find someone to plug in for the bye weeks. Another player who I would not prioritize over Goodwin, but I think you can plug in in PPR leagues in particular, is Paris Campbell. Because we've seen Indianapolis's change in philosophy on offense and leading the league in no huddle rate the past two weeks, becoming a quick hitting scheme. Matt Ryan, for example, the past two games has had a five-yard depth of target because what this team is doing now is taking control out of their quarterback's hand and just allowing the quarterback back to dump off as quickly as possible. Through week five, Paris Campbell had a 7.5% target share, a nobody in fantasy. The past two weeks, though, 23 total targets for a whopping 23% target share. And I understand Matt Ryan's no longer under center. We now go to Sam Ellinger, who I'll talk about at the end in deep cuts. But at the same time, since it's the offensive philosophy that changed in becoming a quick-hitting scheme and not the quarterback because Matt Ryan started doing that because Frank Reich started calling those types of plays, I think they're going to run the same offense that allowed Jonathan Taylor to come in for a 20% target share back from injury, and that has allowed Paris Campbell, as we mentioned, to have a 23% target share the past two games. So I still believe in Campbell as a wide receiver three or four for PPR leagues, again, if you need the help immediately. You probably also need help because you're sick of playing Kyle Pitts. And who isn't? And I think we have a solution, honestly, because we've now seen Mike Jasicki run a route on 73% of dropbacks the past two weeks compared to a route on 52% of dropbacks through week five. And it's coincided with the dip in usage from Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson, formerly the team's third wide receiver, has only totaled 14 routes the past two games combined. So instead, we've seen Jasicki get these routes. And more importantly, most recently this past game, see a, a season-high 20% target share. In week six, he hit a season-high in target share, a previous season-high as well. So now we're getting the elite usage and the targets from Jasicki from a team we know want to throw the ball. And so with a team high, three end zone targets for Jasicki these past two games, coupled with all of the other additional info I gave you, I do believe in Jasicki over Kyle Pitts moving forward. I don't drop Pitts personally unless you're in a 10-team, six-man bench league in deeper high-stakes leagues, 12 teams, 10-player benches, I'm holding out hope that the offense changes. I'm not, I'm not starting Pitts either. I'm still starting Taysom Mill over Kyle Pitts or a player in Taysom Mill's range every single week. But I'm holding out hope that maybe Arthur Smith is not so stubborn eventually and changes the scheme to help out Kyle Pitts. Otherwise, Kyle Pitts is not startable right now. And in shallow weed leagues, I believe we have our answer in Mike Jasicki. A couple deep cuts, cuts as well 
for week eight before we get out of here. And that's because our friend, Tyler Conklin, who went away the past weeks five and six, and C.G. Ozoma actually ran more routes than Conklin over that time. We saw Conklin pop back up for a route on 79% of dropbacks this past game. Corey Davis also injured day-to-day. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. But overall, there is an extended target share, a vacancy there for someone like Tyler Conklin or Elijah Moore if he was dropped in your shallower leagues. I've seen him dropped in a couple high-stakes leagues that I'll be wagering fab on him, hoping to get him. But overall, there's a vacancy there. And why can't it be Tyler Conklin if he's back to the same usage he had in the early stage of the season whenever Sujo Ozoma was injured? So that's another player I'm looking at in deeper leagues. Jamichael Hasty, because we saw James Robinson traded to the Jets on Monday evening. Hasty only had one touch this past week, but he's now the contingency option behind Travis Etienne, who of course was injured last year. So maybe it adds up, maybe not. Either way, Hasty's now the lone back. Snoop Connor, of course, who has not been active this year. But more importantly, Hasty has been used over Connor with more touches this season. Thus, Hasty's the contingency option I'm looking at ahead of the trade deadline. Also ahead of the trade deadline, given the rumors surrounding Kareem Hunt and how many teams could use a secondary back right now, picking up Dearness Johnson, who, remember, totaled 100 yards and multiple touchdowns in his lone spot start last year for both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson becomes a contingency option at the trade deadline as well. Sammy Watkins, I think, is also interesting for deeper leagues. Yes, this Packers offense is atrocious. And that is an evidence of 76 yards at the half this past week against the Commanders. Absolutely brutal. But with Alan Lazard suffering a shoulder injury and Aaron Rodgers clearly frustrated and having little faith in Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs, who on the year, 0 for 5 on targets 20-plus yards downfield with two drops. Brutal. Thus, I think naturally if Lazard's ruled out, Sammy Watkins comes in for helping those deeper leagues where you're desperate 12-team 10-player benches. That's where I'm looking at him. And finally, Sam Ellinger is interesting. It was in the preseason, so take this with a grain of salt, but we saw him the past two years scramble on 15.5% of his 58 dropbacks for nine carries, 114 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Mobile quarterback, of course, is what he was at Texas as well. And for reference, Kyler Murray, who's averaging 6.5 carries per game, is running on 14.5% of his dropbacks this year. So if we are saying that there's a chance Ellinger could actually provide four to six additional fantasy points per week via his legs, that's a player I want to be on given the barren landscape and the fact that we're all still starting Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, only because we have to, not because we want to. So Sam Ellinger for deeper leagues, super flex, two quarterback, is someone I am absolutely wagering on to hopefully be a starter QB2 for the rest of the season. For the rest of the Week 8 waiver wire column, remember, head to 444.com where it'll be completed with all usage notes. And we will be back Wednesday live, 1 p.m. Eastern, for our Week 8 preview show. Until then, subscribe, rate, review the podcast, tell a friend, and more importantly, be a little bit kinder than what's required. 
We'll see you next time.